Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 147 of Sack King's Therapy. The long-awaited 147. I think this is probably one of the longest times we've actually held off on posting, with the exception of the summer when there wasn't much happening. But uh, here is the episode, and we are here to go over the game against the Grizzlies. That was basically... It was a competitive game to start, and, you know, in the first half... Oh, by the way, I, I always forget to do this. I forgot to introduce Bob. You might have heard him coughing a few times. Uh-huh. Hello. Cough, cough. Uh, so, so, yeah. Um, the game itself it was a competitive first half, and then everything just kind of fell apart in the second half. The, the Kings came out a bit flat, picked up a few weird... Like, let's just call it cheap fouls. They picked up some really cheap fouls. They let it frustrate them. And then they, I think, I think De'Aaron got a tech and then Metu got a tech and it basically just snowballed from there. The only silver lining during that entire run, De'Aaron had a mean dunk. But other than that, it was an absolute murder, annihilation, whatever word you want to use. They absolutely handled, the Grizzlies, I mean, absolutely handled us. And uh, yeah, basically it was an ugly game. Um, Not much really good to say about it. What are your thoughts, Fall? Uh, uh, everything that you just said, plus I, in my opinion, the refing was just kind of weird. It was weird for both sides, for sure, but man, it was like some of the calls seemed pretty weak, and, you know, we could have played on that, you know? And uh, other times, like, uh, I don't think so, you know? So, like, my the thing with refing is that we look, let's acknowledge it's a tough job. The only thing I really ever want from refs is to be consistent. Look, if the one thing is if one foul or with one, if there's a call that goes one way, a certain like you let go a certain amount of contact, I we want it to be consistent. What ended up happening was in the first half, now let's just let, let, let's kind of put this out there. Kings got a few favorable calls or like no calls specifically. They let the game be very physical. And in the second half, it kind of all came, well, like throughout the game, it kind of all came back to kind of haunt the Kings. They were, they were getting like, like a lot of no calls that I thought, you know, were warranted. And, you know, the only thing I ask from the refs is that just be consistent throughout the game. If you're going to let the game be physical, let it be physical the entire game. Don't call these weird ticky-tack fouls that just frustrate both teams who just don't know how to play. Oh, yeah, but definitely the rest favored one player. <laughs> but then again, we did play pretty, I would say, subpar defense against this one player in the Grizzlies. So... Why don't we get to it? <laughs> yeah, you know what? Let, let's start there. So, Jaron Jackson Jr., if you look at the box score, 13 free throws. He was actually kind of the guy that was keeping the uh, Grizzlies in the game in the first half. Like, the Kings the Kings actually, like, they didn't shoot very well, but they shot well from three. But Jaron Jackson just kept driving to the rim and kept getting calls. Like, in this kind of game, like, you would think a guy like Rashawn Holmes would be able to handle uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., but Jaron Jackson absolutely dominated Rashawn Holmes when he was out there. And the the time when he was starting to dominate, my thing was Alvin Gentry needed to put in Mo Harkless. Yeah, and you know what happened? Uh, Mo didn't really get much playing time. I think he pretty much got 
uh, one of the lower ends in terms of playing time. But you know, he never ever guarded pretty much JJJ at but all. He, he did. Think. He did in the fourth, but like it was too late at that point. Oh yeah. But, but it's just I I don't I don't know what <laughs> it's what Alvin seems to have against Mo. I get it. He's you know he's a suspect shooter. Like, and he, you know, the, the spacing is a bit wonky with him in there. But, you know, I just think the defensive benefits that he brings outweighs any kind of offensive issues. And he's a smart cutter. So, like, it's he's not a big a liability out there as Alvin seems to think he is, at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move to some of the Kings players. Fox came back. Oh, by the way, forgot to mention uh, TD, um, Alvin Gentry. Um, Fox, Marvin, and Louis King were all back this game. Uh, the only ones that are still out are Davion Mitchell, Alex Len, and Nimi Keita. Um, Alex, uh, news just came out that Alex Len what, is questionable for the Thunder game, and also for the Thunder, they have like seven players out. Granted, none of those players are really uh, rotational players, so don't get your hopes up. Uh, I see. Well, I guess we'll see tomorrow, I guess. Well, yeah, Fox came back, but he looked pretty rusty. Was not, uh, did not look aggressive at all. Like he, he, like you talk about like picking your spots. He really like picked his spots, if you will. And like the thing was, when he attacked, it was good for the most part. Like you know, he got to his mid range, he hit some shots, but like yeah, he was not in any rush to do anything. And but part of it might have been just he was rusty, like his handle specifically was super rusty. Seven turnovers in only 30 minutes. Like, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, since this is his first game back, well, I'll give him some slack, but I'm hoping he gets back into the groove because we dearly need these um, guys back pretty much because we've been missing. Uh, these guys for the past uh, how many games now jeez i believe it was four seems like more but yeah we we definitely do need them but sadly you know this is just a warm-up game hopefully to uh bring back the hang to bring themselves back to form i guess you could say halliburton was overall pretty good in my opinion like I felt he felt invisible out there for stretches, but it's just how the offense runs. And I hate it, <laughs> to be honest. Like, you know, if he's not on the ball, it just feels like he's not doing anything out there. Like, you know, I, I just like came off the Christmas where I watched the Warriors play. Everybody is moving. They're like, you know, no one no one is a complete non-threat out there. And it's just frustrating coming back to watch the Kings and where you just see guys stand around and you just wait for someone to get a screen to roll and hopefully create something. And you, you marginalize like pl- players like Barnes and Halliburton when Fox has the ball and then vice versa. It just it's not a it's not a pretty offense. I get what they're trying to do, but they don't have the the personnel to really run it, unfortunately, either. And it's just a bad mix of everything. Yeah, I noticed that, too. It's uh, kind of that boring offense, you could say. And uh, mm, I wish we, yeah, like you said, run some more offense through Halliburton. But, you know, with Fox back, we just hope that he creates something, I guess. Uh, Barnes was okay. Like, it's kind of the same issue with Halliburton. It just, he was pretty invisible out there. Like, he did hit some ni- nice threes in the first half. And it, and again, it kept the Kings in the game. 
but like yeah he just didn't just didn't feel like he did that much but that's kind of like the way that Barnes plays he just disappears for stretches but what you don't notice is that he does play decent defense like we were at least tries to play decent defense throughout those stretches it doesn't make as many mistakes but overall on offense like pretty invisible through much of the night yeah I mean what can you say he's Mr. Reliable I have no complaints there uh, Metsu wasn't good per se, and the game the game kind of fell apart when he picked up the tech in the third. Not to blame the game on him, but like, you know, he he's one of those guys that like he takes what I call, let's just say, he he's a bucket getter, and he will take some shots that are more or less ill advised. Sometimes they go in, sometimes they don't. And in this game, they didn't go in. And, you know, he's not shooting well from three either. But the one thing I will always praise him for, he, as I always say, he plays he plays with a, with his heart on his sleeve. He, he cherishes his minutes. And when he's out there, he is rebounding his ass off. And, like, in the second half, he didn't really get to play after that tech. Like, the, t- the team just didn't get rebounds after that, basically. Like... It's just the guards don't box out. They don't go for rebounds. There were multiple moments. I even I even got pissed at Halliburton where he managed to dislodge the ball, I think, from Ja. And he just stands there. It goes to, I, I don't even remember who it goes to, but it goes to a big man. He couldn't corral it. And while that's happening, Halliburton's man manages to kind of go and snatch the rebound. It was so, it's so frustrating to watch a lot of the Kings guards just not go for rebounds. And you have to rely on a guy like Metsu to get rebounds, who brings that energy. And, you know, there's only so much he can do. He's not exactly a big guy, but at least he goes after it. Yeah. Uh, for this game, in my opinion, I wish we took some more minutes away from Metsu and probably put it on Mo. I mean, with this uh, lineup and what we have right now, it's kind of... It's a toss-up because, you know, at that point, Jaron Jackson Jr. is pretty much dominating us through the many fouls that uh, he drew on us. So uh, it's tough. But, yeah, hopefully we'll see a bounce back from Metsu sometime. I'll have to kind of maybe re-watch the game. I don't know if Metsu provides any more spacing than than Mo Harkless does. I mean, Metsu's probably like shooting like less than 30% from three. Let me check. He's shooting, shooting 23% from three. So like, I mean, anybody that reads their scouting report will know that you do not need to close out on him. You might as well play Mo in that spot like at this Mm -hmm. point. But again, like the one thing Metsu does that Mo doesn't, he does rebound like Mm -hmm. so maybe that's part of it but like i mean we needed we needed more mo in this game and like i just don't know why we didn't um Mm -hmm. yeah um one of the reasons why i felt like we needed to play um mo a little bit more holmes again i thought would be a very good matchup for jaron jackson jr but maybe it's just rustiness maybe just needs more games to get back into rhythm but he got lit up and like he got into foul trouble early, just never really got his bearings in. He ended up, I think, with zero points. Yeah, yes. zero points. And just, yeah, he like Jaron Jackson Jr. just gave him fits. Like for whatever reason, just could not guard. Him. And it doesn't help. Like Jaron Jackson got a lot of like iffy calls too, in my opinion. There were some of those calls where I didn't think it was a foul, but alas, he ended up like drawing. I think. He got four fouls, like, on each, uh, on Damian Jones and Rashawn Holmes. And because of that, Rashawn just only played 13 minutes, part of it anyway. 
Like, yeah, he was... Sean was just not good this game. Maybe he's just getting used to the goggles. Maybe his conditioning. But, yeah, he was not good. Yeah, maybe so. But, you know, I wish we saw just a couple, maybe a few more plays with Tyrese and Rashawn, too. Because uh, even though he only shot four... um, uh, what do we call it? field goals? Uh, I feel like he could have shot a couple more. Maybe potentially drove in and did a pick and roll. I don't know. That, that's a that's the other thing. Uh, I don't know why Alvin's not running Halliburton Holmes pick and roll. Why hell? Why Doug didn't run run it more? Like that's the bread and butter. Yeah. Hmm. Well, who knows now? Because Rashawn was in foul trouble and it's too late for. Uh, us to utilize that i guess uh we we've already talked about mo a lot just didn't play enough he, he gave jaron jackson juniors issues like the first time they played like he it just looked like he was bothered by mo's length and just savviness of a guy who's not really gonna go right through you so like again i, I don't know why mo just didn't play more that's the only complaint i had for mo i mean he hit one three like it was something like mm-hmm. anything you can get from an offense is a bonus oh yeah um, D- Damian Jones was really good to start. Actually, sparked the team when like they were struggling on offense, like to start. But like there was there was only so much he could do in the second half. Like he is an energy big. He he's not exactly a game changer by any means, but he did try a lot. Well, like a lot. And unfortunately, he had issues guarding uh, Jaron Jackson too. And like he picked up quite a few fouls to the point where he had to pay play a uh, Tristan Thompson. Like. You know, overall, I thought he was okay, but like, you know, he's not a, he's not the guy you rely on to, to you know, change the game. He actually had a beautiful a fadeaway in the first in the first quarter, and that was kind of like when he sparked the team to their um, slight lead in the second quarter. But again, game fell apart. He couldn't bring us back. And honestly, you should never have to rely on Damian Jones to bring you back. No, yeah, definitely. Especially in the second half, uh, didn't really see much of him offensively. But man, uh, I remember you were getting annoyed with um, his ball security because there would be some pretty good passes from either Tyrese or whoever uh, driving in uh, and passing him to paying. And, you know, he just all of a sudden fumbles the ball and that creates turnovers. And, you know, he had four, was he only had one turnover this game? Uh, I, I will say, like, I don't know who they credit those turnovers to, but like, I will say sometimes I can't tell if it's the pass or that or if he just can't catch uh, the ball. But like, it seems to be a theme with him. He doesn't have great hands. Like, again, on the what was it the the Clippers game, the, the crucial stretch of the fourth, like he dropped the ball, like literally. And that basically killed the run for the Kings. Like, it just seems to be a bit of a theme with him. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's gonna be. <laughs> I think that's just gonna be a problem going forward. He is 26. Like I don't know how much better his hands are gonna get. But yeah, it's a thing. But I can't tell. I can't. I don't know how much to put on him and how much to put on the passers. Because you know sometimes they are really t- like a little too hot to handle. I'm. I won't like you know put it all on Jones. Hmm. I see. Um. Terrence Davis was back. wasted no time in getting threes up (laughs) like immediately shot a three he didn't make one this game that was pretty that was pretty nice but overall did not shoot well four for 12 but did did give the kings a scoring punch and we'll go we'll get to the guy who didn't give a scoring punch at all but like he just 
he he kind of just goes out there and he just goes and tries to be aggressive and you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't in this game eh, it like it, it was fine yeah I, i'd say so i mean he's he's another guy that you know plays his hardest and uh, i guess you could say he also cherishes his minutes that he plays and definitely like I mean, he tries to make something. I, I mean, we were pretty dry for the most part when, oh, I guess without him out there. Uh, I mean, he made something, and he also got six free throws from it, too. So there's that, I guess. Well, let's get to the guy who didn't provide any um, any um, spark from the bench. Buddy Heel had a very weird game, and part of it, I think, is the Grizzlies offense just kind of keying on him very well. Like, he went 0 for 3 and 0 for 2. Only played 24 minutes, which isn't that much, which isn't much for him. I mean, it's about it's about where he should be at. But yeah, no shots. Only two points from two free throws. Um, yeah, um, oh, just a weird game. It seems like either he's getting phased out or like he... I, I think it was more of the Grizzlies defense, like shutting him out. Hmm. Yeah, I'd say so too, but I'm surprised he didn't attempt any, like, you know, the buddy-esque freeze, uh, to be honest. And, you know, we do see a lot of buddy, especially during, uh, for, uh, especially, you know, having Alvin back and, you know, he really was to run that buddy offense, but, uh, surprisingly didn't really see it that much this time. And he was pretty conservative with, um, you know, I guess, thinking about his shots because instead of you know shooting it he actually passed it out so there's that yeah I, again part of it i think is the grizzlies defense doing a good job even without dylan brooks by the way who was out this game but like i th- I, just, I just think maybe like he's trying to get reacclimated and like he or like reacclimated with everyone coming back he doesn't want to you know hog the offense the way he did in the clippers game and Maybe, hey, maybe someone had a talk with him um, in the locker room and just said, yeah, we're, we're not passing the ball. <laughs> uh, uh, actually, let's see. Who, who did he guard again? I forgot his name. Desmond Bain. Ah, uh, yes. Desmond Bain. Uh, I, I considered him a pretty big Kings killer this game. Or actually, he is the Kings killer this game, to be honest. Oh, I wouldn't. Although I wouldn't. I thought I thought Jaron Jackson was a lot worse. But I like 28. I know 20. Well, let, let's get to him. Uh, Desmond Bain, he's just a nice player. Like, he doesn't do too much. It does, never feels like he does too much. He's just a smart player. He gets, like, he gets to his spots. And, and you know, most importantly, never tries to do too much. Like, he just plays his role. And you can actually run offense through him. He's he's kind of what, what a lot of Kings fans, I think in general, wish Buddy could be. Like, just, you know, be able to kind of just run the offense, be a focal point in the offense, make good decisions, and just, you know, a smart overall player who doesn't take away from others. Like how, you know, sometimes Buddy just takes wild shots and demoralizes the team. And just, yeah, again, just a, just a nice player. Oh, yeah. And actually, wow, I just searched it up. This almost could have been his career high, but actually his career high was on, or yeah, on December 5th against the Mavericks with 29 points. So, yeah, <laughs> there's that for him. He scored 28, but I honestly didn't feel like, I never felt like it was that much from him. Just a steady 
presence for the for the uh, Grizzlies. Like when Ja wasn't wasn't out there, and of course, like this game, like Dylan Brooks wasn't out there. He just stepped up and just took the role. And again, like efficient, 28 points, just solid. Doesn't try to do too much. Was great. Oh yeah. Uh, not to throw shade at him, but like Ja didn't play that. Like Ja, like got got the highlight of the game. Well, I'll, I guess the Fox highlight would be the highlight. But if you look on Twitter, most people were talking about the Ja dunks more than the De'Aaron dunks. But like Ja, I thought didn't play all that well. It just seems like he's kind of a little too cool for school in a way. Um, he just didn't take this team all that seriously, and you know. I, like he he's good don't get me wrong like he really he did but if he wasn't exactly the reason why the kings like fell apart this game but he but he picked his spots well and you know again had a nice number of dunks and i will and this is definitely throw shade up his defense is terrible like you, <laughs> yeah. you want to talk about like De'Aaron like not playing defense he he played defense like in the worst basically it's like the worst version of De'Aaron on defense is his regular defense i'll just put it that way yeah, you you can see uh, quite a few times where De'Aaron got by job pretty easily, and you know, uh, there was a couple times, yeah, he scored on job pretty easily. But other than that, yeah. I, I will say the fan who said who told Jaw to sit down uh, down back in <laughs> back in Memphis, like you're you're a fucking idiot first. You're a fucking idiot, but like you might have a teeny bit of a point because like if he's gonna like bring it like. If he's gonna bring this kind of stuff, like where, again, he's he was not the reason why the Kings lost this game at all. Like honestly, like I mean, it's I guess to be fair, like you know, he is the he is like the tip of the spear. Like he drew a lot of attention, but like, you know, it just feels like they don't really need him to beat a team like the Kings. We'll see in the playoffs. They'll need John in the playoffs, but like it may have a little bit of a point with just how bad his defense is. Yeah, I mean. The guy, the guy's an idiot. Like, there, there's, there's no way to, there's no way to defend that guy. But like, yeah, um, just I, I can, get, I can see where he's coming from. But you know, you, you gotta understand how basketball is. You need stars, and Ja is a star. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we'll see how he does in the playoffs then. Um, I, I don't even know his first name, Conchar. Um, he, he didn't score much this game, and honestly, didn't do that much. But one thing he did. He rebounded the shit out of the ball. His name's John Conchar. Um, he rebounded like he had a number of like um reba- offensive rebounds that pissed me off. Because well, I wasn't pissed at him. I was pissed at the Kings for not boxing him out and just letting him get in there and just snatching rebounds. That those that were run killers. Like Kings made a few runs in the second half, but they just constantly could not secure the rebound and would just lead to a three or kind of a backbreaking um shot by the other team like this guy like it's another testament to how good how good the entire grizzlies organization is in that they draft guys who are smart and just does do the little things but also have the coaching staff to be able to establish a offensive foundation just a system to, for the players to play on offense to play on deep to play on defense to be able to contribute like for a guy like you know john conchar like who is not a very good player to, per se but you know doesn't try to do too much and does the little things right and doesn't try to do too much you know all the credit in the world to the grizzlies like um entire organization for setting all this up and the guy like conchar can actually like 
be in position to contribute to a win like this. Oh yeah. I mean, with his five offensive rebounds and including, you know, Steven Adams, six offensive rebounds, uh, do you want to guess how many second chance points Memphis scored on us this game? Um, I do not know. Uh, I want to say 24. Well, I'm going to say Sacramento's and that's 14. And Memphis's is a big 35. Well, there you go. And again, five offensive rebounds. He had 14 rebounds. He had more rebounds than points. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I thought you were going to say something. Nah, okay. Um, okay. I don't know what else to well, say anyway. about rebounding. Thanks for the help. Uh, okay. Kyle Anderson uh, had 14 points, but like it was 14 devastating points. Every time he scored, it felt like it felt like a big swing in a way. He just has a way of doing things to the Kings that just demoralized them. I don't know how to explain it. Uh, I mean, the, the way he shoots, the way he strides, it's like, man, how is this guy scoring? And how are we not, uh, you know, defending that well? Well, I mean, he proved us wrong. So, uh, man. But, yeah, but, he just has he's mastered how to play basketball in his specific style. Like I like to say, like he he has mastered just his weird pacing. It's so slow. It actually throws off most people's timing. Like the I mean, the reality is you play fundamental defense. You just, you know, you just like slide a few times to the right, slide a few times to the left and he can't get by you. But he's so good at just like changing pace and just again, it's so slow that it is actually like disruptive in a way that throws like defenders off to the point where he can score. And, you know, he's he's a big guy with like really long ass arms. And again, a smart player comes from the uh, Spurs system. So he just knows how to do shit is how I like to describe it. Yeah, and well, I mean, like I said, he definitely proved it. He also included free assists and free rebounds. So I don't know. Okay, yeah. uh, Br- Brandon Clark. Um, I like to just shout him out. He didn't actually play that much. He only, mainly only played in garbage time, which was kind of confusing. He's a damn good player. But it's in the same vein as what I said about Desmond Bay. Just a nice player. Just a guy who knows what to do and never tries to do too much. And like, again... Just being in the Grizzlies offense, he, he he has a very defined role and he never tries to kind of like, you know, do again, do too much and just fills out his position perfectly. Like we talk about like Rashad having like the floater of death, the greatest floater of all time for a big man. He, Clark might be second. Clark has a very nice floater. Granted, it's like a it, it's not that pretty, in my opinion. He jumps really high on it. But like he again, just a guy that again, just in position to do shit and he does it yeah i actually don't recall seeing him out that much but uh i guess like you said he did play in garbage time which i was gone for so yeah was there anything that happened during that time again not much um you you miss you miss the uh, grizzlies kind of laughing all the players laughing their ass off jaws specifically which kind of summarized the game for us and like you know, a lot of a lot of Kings fans, rightfully, like were kind of up in their feelings about that, and you know, trashing the Kings organization. But let's not forget, King, Grizzlies are a damn good team. Like, let's not pretend we're uh, we're at their level. Like, it's sad to say because like Grizzlies like were at our level very briefly, but again, like they they're just a better organization. They've drafted well, and just. 
yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's poetic that, you know, you had, it's a perfect summarization of the game. Ja just laughing his ass off towards the end, walking off the court. Oh, yeah, I mean, they are the fourth seed currently, and, you know, where do you think they'll end up uh, once the playoffs start? Uh, probably, probably fourth seed, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think the Lakers are going to find a way, find a way to get back in that mix, so, yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, some comments that were I thought were pretty funny after after the uh, after the game. Alvin said this is the most disappointed he's been in a team in 34 years in the NBA. Uh, Sean Cunningham had a funny uh, comment afterwards saying Alvin Al- Alvin has no idea. This isn't even the top 10 worst losses in in Kings history. So I thought that was pretty funny. Oh wow. <laughs> That hurt, but you know it's very true because, geez, I don't know. It, it being the top ten worst performance or what? I mean, I, I feel like we've seen worse, but I mean, you know, I mean the players just got back. We're we're trying to get back in the groove. That's I guess that's my excuse to be honest. I don't know what else to say about this team. Yeah, honestly, part of me almost like I, it's 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 valid. Don't get me wrong. But I wouldn't even honestly, I, I don't even give them that anymore. Like this team has shown that. I mean, they've done this in the uh, in the middle of the season anyways. This is not this is not something new. This is not like again, they have valid and valid excuse. But the time for excuses is over and they've kind of shown their true colors anyways. So honestly, this this team doesn't have the goodwill for us to say, oh, it was it was just because they you know they were coming back. This could have happened. It, like in a random in a random game when everyone was healthy and everyone in the middle of the season this is not something that is out of the ordinary i guess is what i'm trying to say uh, yeah i mean uh, well let's hope we get another win and hopefully maybe i don't know maybe we'll get one in okc but you know how how high hopes do you have with that game I mean, again, they have their rotation players, so don't get your hopes up. But I imagine we can win. Like, but although that's very dangerous to say. Right. At this it'll, point, it'll be a close game. It'll be a close game. I'll just say that. At this point, it probably will be the battle of the 13th seed right now. So we're actually 12th are they, seed. Are, are they the 13th seed right now? Okay, see, yeah. No, I mean Kings. Oh, we're 12th seed. Sorry. Yeah, it's... I mean, we're dangerously close to the bottom. I'll just say that. Like, you can say we're the 14th seed, but we're very close down there. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we do lose tomorrow, I mean, we we probably will be 14th. Let me check. Actually, we might be 13th. Yeah, well, that doesn't that doesn't really matter. But like at, at this point, we're just kind of you know you know unofficially waiting for trades. Because yeah. we, we've seen what this team is, unfortunately. And, you know, I, I, I don't say this after wins just because we're, we're on a high. We're feeling good about this team. But, like, again, every single loss like this specifically just kind of shows you that this team needs a big reshuffling. It, it is what it is. This team is mentally weak. There's no real leader out there. And, like, TD actually, someone asked about, kind of, like, asked TD about this um, after the game. And just kind of for him to compare it to uh, the Raptor, like the situation with the Raptors is that, you know, TD basically answered in like, there's not a lack of leadership, but there isn't a voice like out there. 
if that makes any sense. Like there isn't a guy that gets everyone together and just says, we're going to do this and we're not going to do this, I guess, is I, I imagine is what he means. And, you know, again, I, I love I would love to trade for Ben Simmons. But like Ben Simmons probably isn't the answer in that regard. Like, I don't know how how legitimate these reports are, but Pascal apparently is very is available. I don't know why he would be available, but like I'll be targeting him if, if possible. Um, but yeah, ultimately, it, it just kind of shows you that this team is ultimately mentally weak. And honestly, this this kind of game is something that's it's a trope. It's like it's deja vu. But like, honestly, like it's happened so many times. And, you know, like in that third quarter, like when the Kings couldn't get their offense, like running straight, like or like running properly, you know, they stopped, they stopped getting good shots. They let that affect their defense. And then it just snowballs from there. We've seen this so many times. It's, this is nothing new. So again, you can talk about like, oh, they just got back. They're trying to re- get reacclimated. It doesn't matter. I, at this point, it, like the Grizzlies are a good team, but the Kings, it, I mean, they, they expose the Kings for kind of the shit team that they are right now. And there is no, there's no sign of it getting any better with this team. And at this point, you, you need a big reshuffling. Yeah, well, we're going to have to wait for that to happen. But yeah, like I said, my only excuse now is like, glad the players are back, I guess. Okay, well, that's going to do it for the game part of this podcast. Um, we are actually going to move into the game show part of this. So remember how uh, Fong kind of said he was a very big Bulls fan um, in the last episode? <laughs> well, we're going to test him and see how much he does know about the Bulls. Well, we're going to play a game and test his knowledge. Let- let's have some fun with this. I will be the first to admit I very much um, I don't want to say copy I don't I don't think it's copying but like it's very heavily based on the Saturday Slam and Jam uh, the show that um, Andrew Schlecht Andrew Schlecht and uh, wow, who's the Alex Spears that's the other guy's name who they basically do a do a show on the athletic NBA show they do a trivia um trivia question kind of portion of the show that where they ask um beat writers the questions about their team and usually they're pretty hard but since i am refusing to believe that fong is a big bulls fan i'm gonna give him some uh, kind of easier ones okay are you ready Fong? is it possible choice One question is multiple choice. So uh, the rules are there are six questions. I'm going to have you pick a number from one to six. And depending on how many questions you get right, I honestly highly doubt you'll get any one of them. (laughs) I'll just say that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, I don't don't know. I I guess I'll I'll do something for you if you manage to get, say, four out of six. Oh, that's already tough enough. I'm I'm hoping for one. Okay, let, let's make it three. Maybe I'll do something. We won't know the prize. Maybe I'll get. I'll, maybe we'll let you guys know what the prize is uh, 
the next episode. But I've been very excited for this. Uh, it's, I've done some research on the Bulls, uh, research that I've uh, that has uncovered knowledge that I once did not know. Although I will say again, I kind of held back on making it even harder. So, all right, Fong, pick a number from one to six. Let's try number three. Number three. Okay, this is somewhat eh, this is somewhat easy. Okay, so, so just a little precursor into the question. I remember thinking in the off season. I'm not sure if I said it. Uh, did you actually go back and listen to that episode and said and listen if or did you say that you thought the Bulls were going to be good? Oh no, actually, no. It was the 14 questions when I came back. I remember, and we were doing uh, three teams that we look forward to. Um, what you want to call it? Look forward to in the season that weren't the Kings, and one of them was actually the Miami Heat. So. No, I didn't mention anything about the Bulls. I knew you were a lying sack of shit about that one. Okay. What? I, I said it was the Miami Heat last episode. <laughs> you said my no. You said the Bull. No, you said you think the Bulls were going to be interesting. Really? No, I, I wasn't about to the episode. I said Miami. <laughs> we weren't talking about Miami last episode. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> That's some bull fucking shit. Okay. Anyways, I remember th- I definitely mentioned it. I remember thinking it off on the off season that I thought the Bulls were gonna be good in on offense uh, because they have a bunch of guys that are all willing and good passers. This is somewhat actually reflected in their assist numbers, where multiple players have over four, have either four assists. That should give you kind of a clue. Of, and uh, by the uh, way, don't oh, don't have a stat sheet up. Um, no, I, I'm trying to do this in my head, or okay. I will do this in my head. Okay, so this is somewhat reflected in their assist numbers, where multiple players have over four assists per game. Now, based on just a quick guess. How many players do do you think the Bulls have that have four or more assists? And you can get bonus points for naming them. Four or more? Yes. I'm gonna and, say. And, and oh. I'll, sorry, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, one of them have have exactly four. So. I think. So averaging four assists. Yes, uh, either four assists or more than four assists a game. I should have been a total uh, asshole and actually just said over four assists per game. So that, that would be a curveball. Uh, I'm going to say four. Ding, ding. That's one. Nice. Oh, okay. wow. Okay. Uh, can, you, can you name them? Okay, I'm going to guess Lonzo. That's one. I think Caruso should be one. Oh, that's two. Uh, mm. uh, it's getting Levine. harder, huh? <laughs> I'm gonna guess Levine. Um, I th- yes, Levine is one of them. Yes. Now I'm kind of tied between DeRozan and Vucevic now. I will not. Or say maybe he's a bench player. I will not say anything. You're on your own for this one. I'm going to say Vucevic. Ah, you're wrong. He oh. does not have more than three. I, I'll be honest. I'm surprised on this one. He had 3.5. Oh, geez. You could have averaged that up. 
the, uh, we don't do rounding here. So, um, yeah, you, the last one was DeRozan. Uh, you you were you were close. Oh yeah. man, really? Four? Yeah. Huh? Yes, four. four yeah, four point two. Four point two. He's four point two. Oh wow, I thought the, he would be. The Peter one Obama. that is four. No, he's actually a very good passer. He's not. He's not uh, Toronto Demar Derozan. In, in his like what three years as a spur, he's been a very good passer. He's improved his passing a lot into a very good playmaker. Mm. So, you know, like yeah. So he 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 is a very good playmaker for that team. So yes, Demar averages four point two. Levine averages four point three. Lonzo averages the most at five. Okay. And yeah. <laughs> Alex Caruso, exactly at four. Oh, okay. I <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I kind of expected like one of them to have a little more, maybe like Lonzo, maybe towards his seven eight range. Vucevic is actually yeah. He surprised me because I know he's not been shooting well, but I always thought he was a better passer than this. And maybe he yeah. maybe he is, but like I'm surprised it's only at three point five. But that shows you how balanced their offense is. Like. They have if you if you include Vucevic, that's three that's five guys that average more than three point five assists. Mm-hmm. So that's oh. really good. Interesting. Okay, off to a good start. Okay, pick a number from one to six. That's not three. Let's try. Let's go up four. Let's try so, four. Okay. All right. So the the Bulls currently sit at a 21 and 10, despite um, basically having a bunch of games postponed because they had nobody um, available to play because of because of health and safety protocols. Um, how would I even frame this question? Which of so basically the idea is that they're a very good team, which means yeah. that there's going to be a lot of guys that have very good uh, net ratings. Who would you guess has the highest net rating on the team for this year? Oh, man. And and by the way, I I filtered out the guys that play like two minutes and like are plus like 50. Um, OK, yeah, I, I don't I don't have the full list with me, but I did filter out those guys. It, basically, they have had to have played more than 200 minutes. Well, the only guy that comes to mind should be Wanza Ball. And that's my <laughs> that's what I think. <laughs> as the highest net rating yes he is not he is actually surprisingly enough he's actually not that high oh all, really which is surprising to me but he is a positive but like he's he's pretty far down which probably is just a a probably just a uh what's it called an element of him play, i guess an element of him playing a lot like most starters usually don't have very high don't have very high net ratings just because they play a lot uh, and they go through the ups and downs of uh just how the how the team performs uh do you want another guess you're not gonna get a point but you will i'll give you two more guesses okay uh can i use one of my guesses and ask if it was a starter or a bench player uh no that would be helping you unfortunately. okay so no I, <laughs> that's gonna that, that that's gonna be tough then uh caruso uh caruso is number two uh Dang. he is not the highest he, he i mean i i understand why you would think he's the i i would have picked him too so uh the rosen then i don't know the rosen is is kind of kind of the same thing as alonzo but he is higher he is uh number five on the list ah dang all so, right then so it 
I don't think you would ever guess this one. I would never have. It's Derek Jones Jr. with 400 minutes played, but he's been great when he's. Oh been out really? There. That's what's what's his average? He is averaging. Let's. Uh, so this is actually kind of tough to read. Um. So he is averaging. Wow, 18 points a game. Wow. Is he really? <laughs> okay. What? Actually, no, no, no. I have, I have this list here. Let me see. Derrick Jones Jr. He is averaging 17 minutes a game. Okay. He is averaging six points a game. Okay. okay. That makes more sense. That makes more sense. That was uh, 3.4 rebounds, uh, 0.5 assists. So he was not on that assist list. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. And 0.5 steals, 0.9 blocks. And uh, yeah, he's been doing pretty good. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. He, he has a higher PR than Vucevic. Let me see. He does. He has a higher PR than Vucevic. That's pretty Jeez. crazy. So what's his plus minus again? He's plus 23 in 400 minutes. That's actually a very big sample size. And he, he I imagine they're going to be playing him over Vucevic, ironically, during uh, during the playoffs. <laughs> because Vucevic is horrible on defense. Well, not he's been fine in the regular season, but in the playoffs, he's going to get barbecue chicken. Oh, yeah. So they might be playing uh, Derrick Jones at the five um, in the playoffs oh, coming. Interesting. Okay, so that's uh, so you are actually sitting at four points actually because you got three points. So here, here I'll, I'll make this. So let me think. So I said three points, and you already crossed that threshold, but it's because you got a lot of bonus points. Let's see if you get if you get to six points, you'll you'll get some sort of reward. Oh, okay. We'll we'll see about that then. So you are currently sitting at four. Jeez. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good from pretty much mostly guesses. Okay. All right. Pick a number from one to six. That's not three or four. Let's try one. Try one. Oh, I like this one. Okay. So famously, the Bulls traded away two second round or two first, I think two first round picks. One, the first round pick that turned into, um, I believe, Franz Wagner and uh, another future first round pick. I think it's protected. Um, and I believe Wendell Carter Jr. and Alpha Aminu, I believe, to uh, the Orlando Magic for Nikola Vucevic. And so... You know, getting a getting a player like Vucevic, you would assume that would make their team better. Um, let me ask you, did the Bulls have a better record after trading for him or a worse record after trading for him? Oh, hmm. I would say better. Ah. <laughs> oh, really? No. So it's so like from the raw numbers, I actually thought they were better with him. It's by like a small like percentage. They were 20 and 26 without Booch, but they were 11 and 15 with Booch. So like by percentage, they actually were worse uh, with him, unfortunately. Ah, gee, okay. Uh, and to note, to, uh, one thing I do want to note, they uh, Zach Levine did miss a bunch of games in the second half of the season because of uh, COVID. And so he was actually out for a, a good stretch with Vooch. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Uh, okay, <laughs> understandable. Okay, well, all right. So, all right, pick another um, question. But I don't think I have anything else to add to that question. Uh, let's try six, then. 
six. Okay, I remember this one being pretty fun. Okay, this one's fun. Okay, on November 23rd, 2019, Zach Levine hit a game-winning three against the Hornets to win the game 116 to 115. That was his 13th three of the game, the second most in NBA history. The first, the first is Clay Thompson against the Bulls, ironically. Uh-huh. Uh, now that's not the question. The question is, how many points did he have in that game? Oh man, I I could like what you might call it. Imagine his shot right now. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I saw his shot like in a highlight clip. You probably have recently. seen the highlight. It was yeah. it was ridiculous. It was it is it was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, how many points he had? Jeez. I would. Uh, I'm gonna take a guess and say 48. I don't know. 48. Too high. Too low. You're you're so close that it's sad that I have to say that you're wrong. Oh, he had 49. No. He had 49. Oh my gosh. So, yes, during that game, the the Hornets were up seven with 54 seconds to go. They, I, I don't, I don't have the, I don't have the transcript of what happened, but basically, they they hit their free throws. And the Bulls come back and hit a three. They hit their free throws again. They come back and hit a three. I think they missed the next shot and they come back and hit another three. It gets to the point where I think it was six seconds left. They inbound the ball to Devontae Graham, who does get fouled, but no call. The ball just ends up down two, ends up in Zach Levine's hands. He runs the three-point line, a la Reggie Miller, and nails a devastating three. to win the game and that was his 13th point 13 three of the game yes and a career high at the time 49 points he has since broken that record uh last year against the hawks when he where he had 50. uh so close yep so close unfortunately yet so far all right pick another question you have you can pick five one two or five. Oh, i thought we did one Oh, do we do one? Okay, so two and five, sorry. Let's do two, then. Two? Okay, this one's going to be fun. The Last Dance was a well-acclaimed documentary series released in the middle oh. of the pandemic about the journey of the Bulls dynasty and Michael Jordan. In the series, many former and current stars participated in interviews to speak about their experience with MJ and the Bulls. Now, which of these players that I'm going to list, this is the multiple choice one, was the only player to be not for not to be not interviewed for the documentary? Oh, okay. A, A, Donnie, Donnie, A, Danny Age, J, B, St- John Stockton, C, Patrick Ewing, D, Carl Malone. Which one of these guys was not interviewed for the documentary? Oh, jeez. I feel like some of them had like only short, short times uh, interview too. I'm gonna say it was John Stockton. Oh, that is wrong. You were close. Oh no, was it so Carl? You- it was Carl. So oh. I remember seeing something very specific before all the uh, episodes were released that one of John Stockton and Carl Malone was not going to be in the documentary. And I remember looking very closely for that. And I remember very clearly John Stockton was interviewed for this. 
And Carmelo yeah. wasn't specifically not. And I did confirm this via Google too, because there was an interview that he did a few years ago before outside of the documentary where he basically said, basically someone asked him, what do you, what are your feelings about the losing to Michael Jordan? He said, so what feeling? Basically he, he was pretty defensive about it and did not want to talk about this at all. And just said something along the lines of he beat me. That's the end of the story. That that was that was my second choice. I couldn't uh, choose between him or Carmelo. Oh, dang. I, yeah, I, I was gonna really fuck with you for this one because Obama. I was gonna put Obama and Bill Clinton oh, as was, options too. They, they were, were they weren't they were interviewed. For yeah, this. they were in there. <laughs> what you call? But no, I I, I knew um, either one of those guys was interviewed. It's just they had a just a very short interview. It wasn't like one of those long ones like. Uh, Reggie Miller or, uh, you know, Scotty and whatnot. Dang. Yeah, Carmelo. Yeah, I just remember very clearly. I was just like, he was not, he was in the documentary. Don't get me wrong. Oh, but yeah. I, I asked specifically if he was interviewed for the interview, and he was not. I remember that very clearly just because I saw that the note, I think the article about it. And yeah, he has not really talked about that finals ever. Um, just seems to be a sore spot for him, unfortunately. Uh, I can imagine, yeah. Okay, well, it's basically no points since the first question, uh, or second question, I mean. So, all right, uh, final question, number five. Derrick Rose is famously the youngest MVP of all time, winning the MVP at age 22. I don't have the days. I forgot to research that. Apparently, Wes Unsell was also 22, but uh, Rose was younger uh, by days. And Michael Jordan is the only other bull, of course, to win the MVP award. Uh-huh. What age did he win it at? His first MVP, I mean. My MJ? MJ. Oh man. Was it twenty-four? Wow. Nice. You actually got it. Oh uh, yeah. I thought he was a lot older when he won it, that's why. No, I I, I knew it was young, but not too old. Uh yeah. Mm. I for some reason I thought it was 28. I think 28 was his first championship. And for whatever reason, yeah. I always remember him winning an MVP later on in his career because I remember there was a season where I think he had 32 8 and 8 and he didn't win the t- It was one of those seasons. It was one of the seasons where he almost averaged a triple double before uh, Russell Westbrook ruined it, but like he had like a, a crazy stretch of triple doubles and did not win the MVP that year. So I thought he won his first MVP a lot older. But no, you are correct. It is 24. Yes. Mm. Oh, man. Pretty good uh, question. <laughs> so you end the game at five points. Oh. Uh, unfortunately, you do fall <laughs> short of the six points. So I do not have to do jack shit for you. Uh, but you do go back with a pat on your head. You did manage to actually score a few more points than I expected you to. So Jeez. good on you. You do know some stuff about the Bulls, but you know, you're you're not really a Bulls fan, clearly. No, but man, no. Some of those questions, very close, very close. Just uh, guess wrong, I guess. So maybe next time I will make it harder for you. One of my questions was actually going to be the. Um, so the Bulls won the championship in '98. When was the next time they won a chip? When was the next time they they got to the playoffs? Let's have you guess this one. Oh man, was it 2010, 2011? No, I think it was 2004. I think I looked it up. Was it was either 2004, or 2005. I don't remember which one. 
Was it? Okay. Then, yeah, I definitely would have not. Yeah, so maybe maybe I should make it harder for you next time. <laughs> yeah, no. Definitely I'm going to get all those wrong, Ben. <laughs> well, uh, a good showing overall from, from uh, Fall. Um, next, we probably will do this. I have plans uh, to maybe do this in a later episode. It will take a little bit of time for me to research all these things. But next, next time we do this, uh, we're going to be doing your favorite team for whatever reason that you never choose for and we're gonna do it on the miami heat let's see how you do on the miami heat oh boy that's gonna be worse <laughs> that's that's a lot worse than, yeah uh, i'm probably gonna throw a pat right and i'm gonna make it harder too i'm gonna make give it some weird ass like deep cut trivia questions oh man i mean the bulls have a, a lot of history too geez <laughs> So, I, well, I, I didn't lean into that history because I, I underestimated um, your enthusiasm and your guessing abilities. So I'm gonna make make it as hard as possible. <sighs> okay. <laughs> well, uh, so um, this is gonna be it for this episode. Hopefully, you guys enjoy this very first edition of, I guess, you know, trivia. Um, or testing Fong. We'll call it testing Fong for now. Ironically, a test uh, title right now. Um, so is the segment called the Ravens Call. We'll be we'll definitely workshopping some of these names. Uh, if you guys um, don't like these names, sorry. Not, hard to come up, come up with these things off the top of my head. So, yeah, we'll be probably doing more of these. I don't know when the when the heat thing will be coming. Maybe in the next two or three episodes, hopefully. But you know. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this one. Uh, I I had a lot of fun researching this actually. Hopefully you had a lot of fun playing this. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure the viewers knew all these answers better than me. So <laughs> I I yeah. wouldn't say so. But viewer viewers tend to be tend to be smart asses about these things. Um, I don't know, but yeah, maybe, maybe one of these days you'll create one for me, and let, let's see how that goes. Mm. But, uh, as it stands right now, I am more than happy to do one for you. I should do a Golden State one. Oh, I probably, oh, I probably, I probably, I probably get all of them right, actually. So, oh, okay. I would, I would love, I would love to try it. Uh, I'm gonna have to think of a question, so we'll see. You I'll, I'll be honest, I probably won't. I am very modern. Like, if you ask me anything about the modern Golden State Warriors, I probably could answer it for you. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> well, I would go a little back. Yeah, if you go to the run TMC, I, I, I don't know. That, that's not my forte. <laughs> All right, then. Well, I guess we'll see. Okay, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, we'll be coming back to you guys maybe tomorrow night. I don't know yet. Since it is a back-to-back, we'll probably lump those uh, lump those two games together. And we'll probably come to you at the end of – maybe on Thursday night. Um, we'll, we'll have to see. But as it stands right now um, – you know, Christmas. Have a Merry Christmas, everyone. Hope you guys had a good Christmas. And everyone is off. I try to check today to listen to some podcasts, but everyone decided not to post. But we are here because we are done, basically. So, you know, back to work. Yeah, and hopefully we finally see a King's win. Yay! And in person, in person, or? I mean, when was the last win we had? I mean, we have won against the Spurs. That was a pretty good win. Yeah, that was. Great. And, and they, wa- they walked into Crypto.com Arena and 
what this oh no it was still the staples arena it was still staples uh yeah they they basically uh whooped the lakers ass and uh yeah bad memory for the end of the staples era <laughs> yeah felt felt like a long time ago but it actually was just last week i think yeah this season has kind of probably aged just a little bit um yeah, it's not it's not been a fun season. Even though like honestly, it hasn't been that many losses like since Alvin's taken over, but it, every loss feels very devastating. Yeah. Just the inevitable wait for the trade. So, we shall see. Let me ask you something before we get out of here. So I, I'm actually managed to come up with a trade. Not saying I would do this, but it is a trade that works. And I want to get your thoughts on it. So no picks involved, of course. They'll have to figure that part out. But I don't think that you need picks to be involved. So we send we send uh, De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, and Harrison Barnes to Philly for Ben Simmons and, uh-huh. and Tobias Harris. Yes, no. Ooh. So you said De'Aaron, Buddy, and who was the third one? Again? Harrison. Harrison Barnes? Harrison Barnes. Oh my gosh, that's a lot. They ain't taking uh, Marvin, I'll tell you that. I, <laughs> I I think I would say no. I would say one or the like one or the other of Tobias or Ben Simmons and more of Ben Simmons, but if they're gonna ask for either Fox or Buddy, then oh man. I, yeah, I don't know. I I'm I'm actually leaning like 60-40 yes. Like I probably would end up saying yes to this deal because this this team needs a change and I I don't like I don't think this is a change for the sake of change. You're getting two pretty good players back in return. And you know Tobias like he he kind of fills a a need. I mean granted like we need more wings. But like oh man, yeah. I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't love doing it, but like I'm in. To, I'm in for getting Ben Simmons onto the Kings. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, if you know the Buddy Marvin thing doesn't work out, yeah, we're gonna have to deep dive, deep, dig deeper into the. Tra- <laughs> it gives me shivers to say, <laughs> giving more to that organization. Funny enough, like, the, I mean, granted, it is a math equation more than anything, but Hollinger's analysis in the trade machine said that the Kings would actually lose more games with those two that we get. Oh. Well, that wasn't, so that, that was kind of interesting. Yeah, and how, how long are we going to keep them in the future? Oh, no, they're they're signed for a while. <laughs> Don't you worry. Oh. They got, I think they both got three, at least three years left. I think Tobias, yeah, Tobias, I think, has either two or three years left. Ben Simmons, like, just... Uh, enter. I think it's a, this is his first year of his max, if I remember right. Oh boy, I see. I mean, this is the uh, second year. I think this is the second year, so you would have at least two more seasons, I think. I don't, uh, I don't I, remember. I don't remember what his contract is. Actually, let me let me go check it right now. Ben Simmons contract. Oh, apparently, Lakers are considering some sort of Ben Simmons deal, which is weird. So he would have three more years after this season. Okay, so yeah, both have three seasons. Uh, I don't know about Tobias Mitchell. Oh, oh, okay. Make me type all this shit. Yeah, we're we're lingering this a little, little longer than expected, I guess. So two more years after this year. Okay. 
Well, I mean, I, I, I would, I think I'd lean more towards it. This team needs a change, yeah. and it kind of solves the size issue a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, you're parting, you're parting with Harrison Barnes, which would be a huge hit. But yeah. like I, Ben Simmons, can, I think could fill in at least the defensive part. The offensive part, I think Tobias can fill in that hole very well. And you know we'll have to find a way to replace Fox's scoring. But like, you know he's been up and down this year. And like maybe Tyrese will like you know step into his role more without uh, De'Aaron around. Who knows? Mm-hmm. That that would be the hope. I, I I don't know. It's I know it's kind of it feels like it's a change for the sake of change, but. This team needs a change, so you know you you got you got to give up something to get something good. Yeah, I could understand your reasoning, and I guess uh, yeah, it still gives me shivers. I don't know if it does happen, good for us. If it doesn't, we're just yeah, we need <laughs> we need to do something by the you know the off season for sure. Okay, well uh, that's all i have for this uh episode anything else you want to quickly talk about have you watched any wrestling no i have not but you know i okay everyone bye okay all right yeah i'll see you guys later because we're yeah too long well yeah maybe next time maybe maybe next time he'll watch some wrestling yeah 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 okay we'll see Royal rumble is coming up so yeah Okay, you know what? Let's quickly get your. Uh, well, actually, no date. No, actually, no. Let's not do it this episode. But uh, day one is coming up. Um, that's gonna be interesting, I guess, because a lot of lot of people are actually out, or some people are out because of COVID. So, it might be might be some wrestlers who won't make it to that show, and they might have to actually dig into the NXT side of things. So. We'll see how that goes. W- once the uh, once the Royal Rumble gets closer, we're definitely gonna talk about that. From what I've heard from WWE, I don't know if this is true or not, but this is—I mean, this is a Reddit post, of course. Uh, I heard that their COVID-19 policy has, uh, what you call it? I guess diminished, saying that they're not going to be testing anymore. They test less, is the is what I've heard. Mm, like they're I very kind of let. They're kind of lenient on it, and you know, it seems like mo- not. I, I, I refrain from saying most, but like a good amount are vaccinated, and like yeah, I think I think most most of the people want are like more or less back vaccinated, and even there was even a report like there was heat, like basically there was like some, like the way I would describe heat to people who don't understand the term heat is that basically there's like some passive aggressive like uh, passive aggressive vibes that you get if you're not vaccinated backstage. Ah. Uh. I see. So, and like Nia Jax, like apparently, you know, one of the unofficial reasons why she got fired or released was because she was, she was uh, unvaccinated. So there's that, but hopefully everyone is vaccinated. Hopefully everyone can make these shows. And yeah, again, we will be doing this. We will be talking about it once the Royal Rumble comes around because the Royal Rumble is usually fucking awesome. Oh yeah. We'll see who comes back. Maybe. Uh, I'm actually not as excited anymore because like unless unless it's like The Rock, I'm usually just not that excited. Uh, like I wasn't. I, I mean, I, I I mean, I was happy when he when he came back when Edge came back, but like I wasn't that into it. I, I would have been into it, but you know, someone had to spoil it for me. It wasn't it wasn't Owen, by the way, but it was someone else. So no, kinda, we know we know yeah we know who it is, but yeah we we know who it is, but it's just. 
man, it would it would made me feel a lot more hype, I guess, during that time. I mean, to be fair, I, I kind of knew it was coming because there there were there were teases that where it's kind of like he said he wasn't coming back, which usually means he's coming back. It's, <laughs> it's one of those things. And I didn't even hear about those teases, so it would have been pretty. Uh, I would have had a big pop if he, you know, if I heard that music pop up. I, I mean, like when Christian came back, I was like, oh, that's nice. But like I was I was watching a live reaction and like this one guy freaked out because of it, because he loved Christian. I'm like, I don't know. I didn't love uh, Christian that much. Uh, like I wasn't I wasn't even that big when Carlito came back. I was like, oh, that's nice. Nice to see Carlito again. Uh, I'm like, eh. Yeah, so unless it's The Rock, I'm, I'm usually not that into it anymore. I'm pretty out on old wrestlers coming back, be, mainly because of Goldberg. Because I'm always fearful they're going to push this guy uh, and not push, like, the young guys. Th- that's just where I am with a lot of these. Yeah, I mean, that's WWE, so... <laughs> Gotta work up the old guys and job the young guys. Okay. Well, um, that's it for our episode today. We talked more wrestling than I would have ever anticipated. And, uh, yeah, one of these days, Fong will watch wrestling. Well, we shall see. Maybe yeah. I should do a wrestling quiz for you. That's, that's going to be uh, That's, yeah, I, I definitely will fail that. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a random question, like, when is The Rock's birthday? 19... 19- no, no, no! I no, I want the date. I want the month and date. <laughs> I, I don't even know the year. I'm just guessing at this point. He is over fifty, I believe, or he's about to turn fifty. Actually, I don't, I don't even know it to be honest. So, yeah, may, may, maybe we'll do a wrestling quiz at some point because uh, I love, I love watching Quizlemania that um, Wrestle Talk does. One of these days, maybe we'll, maybe we'll do that kind of quiz. Okay, I mean, I, I'm gonna say this now because we're. I mean, I, I probably won't try to end this podcast at least 10 times already. We shall see, and I guess we saw, we'll see you guys later. Yeah, you can't even do the ex- ex- exit intro, right? Jesus. Okay, we'll see you guys we, we've later. Gone, we've gone too long. <laughs>